Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, your host. I started this podcast because I believe when we share our thoughts, our stories, and experiences, we help one another to create more meaningful lives. And I also think that an important part of life revolves around our search for meaningful connection. That seems to only happen when we get real about who we are and we authentically share that. So listen in, try to answer these questions yourself, and let's connect. Okay, so I am here with Cheryl Castro, and this is what I know about Cheryl. I know that she is intelligent, and I know that she's sunny, that she loves her family and her community um, and her pets, and I know she's president of the UP Agency, and I also know that the UP Agency, or, or I believe I know that the UP Agency is a marketing and advertising firm um, that seeks out clients who are making the world a better place. Um, so basically, Cheryl, welcome, first of all. Thank you. And what did I get wrong? I think you, I think you got it. I think that sounds pretty good. Yes. And the up agency is marketing to make the world a better place. Love it. And so businesses that are trying to help in some way help the world, help each other, help people, whatever we want to help. I love it so, so much. So Cheryl, let's begin where it all began <laughs> with Cheryl's childhood. Oh, um, <laughs> start at the beginning you know, because you're such a happy person. And I just wonder, were you always that way? What was your childhood like? Can you tell me oh. like, a little bit about it? So I, I think I was always happy and I think I uh I think ignorance is bliss really works for me so I just thought everyone was good and everything always worked out and um my mom I think I totally credit for any self-confidence I have because anytime someone was mean to me or the kids in school weren't nice she'd be like they're just jealous and I'm like oh Okay. (laughs) That is a great parenting tip right there. I love it. And anything I did in her eyes was the best. It was fabulous. It was fantastic. So I think um, she may have overdone it a little bit, but um, I don't think I lack in much confidence. And um, I think, I think I wasn't fully prepared for this question now that I, I think about it. But, um, but yeah, I think I always had a really sunny outlook. I think, I know um, in college and at work twice, people talked about me later, they told me behind my back and said, we thought you were fake. We're like, there's no way. So there you go. That's something people got wrong about me. Yeah. Um, 
See, we didn't That's know. It. There is something because just to, <laughs> just to throw out there, before the podcast began, Cheryl was discussing one of the questions that I like to ask people, which is what do people get wrong about you? And Cheryl was saying, well, I don't know what people think about me. So that is an interesting thing that, that that's all manufactured, that sunny disposition. Yeah. But it's yeah. true. And my, my roommate was like, there's no way you're really this happy. And I'm like, I am until you say that, you know, like, <laughs> right. So, right. so yes, I think I've always been, and people joke all the time, like, like Snow White would the birds come and fix my hair and all this stuff. And I love it. I don't know what they see that makes them think that, but it makes me very happy. Because it's natural. Do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Oh yeah. I wanted to be a writer or an actress. Same girl. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go from your dream? Well, you are a writer. So that I think, you know, is true. And, and I don't know about the acting part, but how did you go from those dreams to like, how did that evolution take place? Did you major in theater? Did you, how did that land you where you are right now? I did absolutely nothing for acting until I tried Aviva's improv class. And, um, once on front of a stage in front of people learned that I am terrible at improv. So terrible, lovey, amazing. So much more shy a person, great at improv. Lovey Me, is your I'm husband. Like, yeah, lovey's <laughs> my husband. Um, so I'm like, maybe with the script, I'd be okay at acting. But so I didn't pursue that. Both kids are wonderful on stage. Anytime they do something, they have amazing stage presence. Um, and I did do English professional writing, uh, began my major as that at Kutztown and was told, I think probably by the end of my first or second quarter that no one will make money with that degree. And I'm like, great, why do you offer it? Um, so continued two more years at Kutztown, then thought I would quit and you know go live in the real world because that was much better and then worked. And where did I work? I worked different places. I waitressed everywhere in the world. And then um, I worked with a lot of childcare places and became like a teacher there, which was awesome. And then I went back to school. That was the cat. Then I went back to school uh, at Temple and got my psychology degree. So. Dang, that is so interesting. Did you ever do anything in that field of psychology? Uh, no. So while I was there, I studied under some amazing people at the Temple Infant Lab, which I loved. And we coded studies. And uh, I wish I could remember their names because they're really well-known professors in the psychology field. But anyway, I studied under them. And then I got married. And then I had Aiden. So I took everything I learned in the Temple Infant Lab and forced it upon my infant. Nice. Perfect, actually. So I think it worked. He's very smart, but um, so I never really did. I think psychology in general, I have put to use a lot in the marketing field, but nothing that I learned specifically worth infants. Um, so how did, so did you meet your husband, Aaron, at college? No. Is that where you met? No, my mom set us up. 
Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I kind of <laughs> remember hearing that now that you say that, I mean, who knows you better, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was she met friend? him and she said that was the kind of guy I'd like for a son-in-law. Oh my and gosh. I was, I was dating someone. So I'm like, well, does he have blue eyes? Cause I, I like blue eyes. I have yet to have dated anyone with blue eyes other than my first boyfriend when I was 12, I think. <laughs> Lovey does not have blue eyes. And I said, well, I guess I could meet him anyway. So. That is kind of amazing, right? <laughs> and then two kids later, right? So yeah. how did you come? Because when I met you, Cheryl, you were representing Aaron Mitchell Photography. You're mm -hmm husband's and your photography agency um how did you go from that to being president of the up agency so we did the photography i always i was always the one with the camera among our friends so i always shot but i shot people and i shot moments and candid shots so i was like the archivist of the friends group um and lovey did amazing shots of like flowers and butterflies and stuff like that um, so I convinced him that he was really amazing and he should pursue this. And he had started to, he was doing it on the side while he was in IT and he was like building up a portfolio and we had two kids and we had made a website through Todd's agency, Carly Stumpf at the time. And um, all of this stuff. And then 2008 came and Lavi got laid off because he was in IT. So. He came home. I was feeding Aaliyah lunch and I'm like, oh, daddy's home. Uh -oh. Like, <laughs> Daddy's home. <laughs> Why is daddy home? And he's like, it's a good thing we have that website. And then we just went full bore into the photography. And um, I, we learned we could sell very well together. So we had a whole husband and wife team and we started with weddings and um, we joined the chamber, Tony, we can, I don't know where we met Tony, told us to join the chamber, loved it, met tons of people. We ended up shooting a lot of chamber people's weddings and then it grew and grew and it got to products. And then we started a blog and I wrote the blog back in blog days. And um, through that started to learn about marketing and Todd was our neighbor and he had done our website and would advise us on marketing. And through the blog, the, um, the local photography society asked Lovey and I to do a presentation on how successful the blog was and how we got work through it. So I wrote it up and Todd's like, I said, does this sound right? And he's like, wow, you, you really learned a lot about marketing in general from him, of course, he credits himself, which is true. I mean, that is, I really learned a lot from them. And then I'm like, you're right. You should let me write for you and your company, as well as do the photography. So that's how it started. Um, and then we also realized once Leah went to school full time, because I was still also a stay-at-home mom and in love and I would work weekends. But once she was in school all day, I'm like, wait a minute, now I don't see the children. I work weekends or in school all day. This is not what I want. Um, and Lavi and I both fortunately got to be um, the kindergarten moms, like both of us, we tag team. Um, so it was wonderful. We were very involved while they were in school, but I still was gone all weekend and I wanted, so then I said to Todd, well, well, hire me for more, you know? And, um, 
So he did. And then I kind of worked my way up there. And then he, uh, he and Mike were partners. Then Mike ended up, he was totally out and Todd was the full owner. And Todd uh, discovered he didn't really like running a business. He liked being the creative one. Right, right. That makes sense. I get that. So, because I like, I'm bossy. I like, I'm like, I, delegating, I am good at. I'm like, you go do this, you go do that. And uh, and also the financials, I was fascinated by, which. Oh, interesting. I, I loved it. I love the whole. You don't part. always hear that. You don't always hear people who are fascinated by the financials. And I'm terrible at math. So I'm like, why am I? Like I get excited over a PL and I'm like, let's figure okay. out what's wrong. That is a super skill though for the owner of a, the leader of a business. What a skill. Yes, it is. So then um, so we were doing that and then uh, then my dad done. And uh, that was, I think, you know, until you go through it, you don't realize how crushing it is. So that's when I, I dyed my hair red. Um, I went away for a while. I wrote that children's book that I mentioned on Facebook. And uh, I came back with from another trip alone with a power. I cried for a week. And then I came back. This was six months after he died. And I came back with a PowerPoint presentation that I presented to Lovey and Todd. And I said, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, I want to call it the up agency. I want to gear it towards wow. businesses that are helping people. This is our niche. And I had a whole thing. And um, like, and, and I want to do it my way and be in charge, not the parley and company way. You know? And Todd's like, oh. he's like, I don't want to run a business anymore. And I'm like, I do. So we just did that. And at the meantime, I think we had already dropped the office building in Doylestown because rent was so high. And we had everyone working at Todd's house. We had converted the whole basement into an amazing office. Um, and everyone was coming there to work. And then we just were like, all right, it's not partly stump anymore. So. You just gave me two different questions. The first is, if I may ask, you know, about the impact of your father's death and what was it about that, that, you know, made you dye your hair red and <laughs> you know what I mean? Go and kind of create this. Can you explain the relationship between you're doing that and his passing? I think once you lose a parent, you realize life doesn't go on forever. And I think I realized like, um, my attitude was just kind of, well, the heck with it. You may as well just do everything, do it all now, do everything Same. now, because you don't know when it's all going to end. And I had the same hair color and cut since high school. I'm like, well, and I cut it, I cut it off. I'm like, I'm going to cut it off and dye it red. And it was a dramatic change for me. And, um, like I've always wanted to write a children's book. I'm writing a book now. Like it was just, uh, do it now. And then when COVID hit that, you know, now I'm like, as soon as the world opened up, we love traveling. I'm like, do it now, whatever it is, do it now. So. Um, also, 
this kind of, this is my second season of doing this podcast, Soulful Connections. And this season, I'm finding myself interested in um, people's relationships and kind of the impact of our relationships on our lives. I know just from watching you on social media, you know, how important your friends are to you. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, you've mentioned Todd. Can you explain anything about that relationship or share that friendship relationship and its role in your life and maybe friends in general, the import of them? Yeah, I've always, friends have always been hugely important, much to my mom's chagrin. She's always like, you always choose your friends over your family. And I'm like, you're so fun though, you know? (laughs) Um, So I was very lucky to always have like a core group of friends. in high school, there was a group of us that I were still in touch with. Like I literally still am friends with my first boyfriend from when we were 12, you know? Yes. Lovey's met every boyfriend I've ever had because there haven't been too many and I stay in touch with everybody. Um, and even I had a best friend. He had been a boyfriend in high school. Then he became my best friend Then he was my roommate. So when Lavi and I met, I had a guy roommate who was straight and everyone was always jealous of Greggy because he was my best friend. And uh, Lavi's like, oh, right, well, I have female friends. I can deal with that. And then I met his female friends and it was like, okay, it's great. Like she always will have a guy friend and he will always have female friends. And then uh, unfortunately things happened with Greggy and I was immature and he got married and we're not close anymore. I don't really see him anymore. But then my old boyfriend, Dan, who I'd been with for five years, that was a recent ex when I met Lovey, he was my best friend. And then he was in our wedding because, you know, we were friends. And then his wife was in our wedding and Lovey was friends with both of them. So I kind of never let anyone go, just keep them. And then um, Todd and his wife lived down the road and the four of us would go out as couples and we became good friends and then they became not a couple and then we stayed good friends and then I'm like we have so much fun together and it felt very similar to like Greggy when I was a teenager and it was just like I love having a guy best friend and Lovey is very um I forget what he calls himself tolerant I guess it is Oh, maybe self-assured too. Like he's confident and that that's what it takes, you know? And I think that's part of it. Like he has no fears of our relationship. Right. I will always have a guy best friend. It's just, I mean, I ever since little, so. Right. And then um, I didn't, I had one female friend in high school, Amy Sue, shout out to Amy Sue. Um, And we stayed, we were close. Um, But she had another best friend, too. So it was like the three of us, but I was close with Amy Sue and she was closer to Amy Bo. We had a lot of Amy's. Um, Wild. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of Amy's. Um, And then, and Heidi, too. I don't want to forget Heidi. If Heidi sees this, she'll be upset because Heidi was my other female friend in high school. But it was, it was like, I, it was all guy friends. My best friends were guys. Um, And then through networking. It was actually the chamber helped me build up having the close female friend circle that I have now. 
because I met Aviva. Well, I met her at Maurice's store, but Jesse and Sarah, I met through networking events. And then the four of us would go around and network and we became like this little, it was like party night, you know, but it was networking. Right, right. And now they are my close female friends. And so we have like our little Scooby-Doo group going on. What do you look for in a friend? Like what, what draws you to a friend? What, you know, I don't know. What I think qualities you, do you like? Well, you have to be nice. <laughs> yeah. And as Lovey says, you have to like me. <laughs> I love that too. I love when somebody likes me. <laughs> if you like me, I'm like, oh, well, I like you too, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, and you have to be kind. I don't, I don't have a lot of tolerance for unkind people. Um, I had a friend once and I, and I started to realize they, they said unkind things to, and I'm like, mm, don't like that. No. So you have to be kind and funny. I think funny is like Chandler being my ideal friend, you know? I love funny too. Um, it's funny because <laughs> my poor husband, I don't think he's particularly funny. He thinks he's funny. <laughs> But I always think, wow, it's interesting. But he loves to laugh. And by the way, he thinks he's terribly funny. So oh, that's awesome. I can't edit. I would take this out. But sorry, Victor, you're adorable, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as he thinks he's funny and you laugh, it's fine. I, it works. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and when he laughs at my jokes, that's what really, you know, matters. Um, talking. Let's talk about just day to day life. Like, do you have any... Um, rituals or do you have any morning rituals or evening rituals or things that you have to do every day okay I do now <laughs> you're gonna laugh at it because it's long but I've been doing it since the day after Christmas and it's working for me um so lovey and I get up get the kids to school they leave by 6 30 and we walk the dogs as soon as the sun comes up so I have my tea. I have it now. It's positivity. I love oh, it. Nice. It's yogi tea, but it's called like positivity. I drink it too. That's what's yes. in here. Yes. Um, so we walk the dogs, then I go down. I have a yoga room. It used to be Lovey's old office. Now it's like this yoga studio, which I'm so lucky to have, and it's gorgeous. And I'll write my journal. And I have a little book that I read from every day. I forget it. It's called like simple abundance or something. And I restart it every year. And every day she has a little passage about how to be happy about life. It's a lot of gratitude stuff. And then I dance. So oh, I love that. I have Aiden's. Oh, first I do Qigong. I have this whole Qigong thing I do. So that starts, you know, warms you up and gets your cortisol up. And then um, and your energy levels high, you know. Yeah. And uh then I dance with the Oculus or with this fabulous guy on YouTube. I think it's Marshall Fitness. He's hysterical. I love his videos. So I do 20 minutes, 15 minutes of dancing, just a couple songs. And then Lovey got me a rower for Christmas. Oh. So I either do 20 minutes of rowing or I do some as many uh, reps of weights as I can do a lot of freaking squats I could barely get down the steps today was leg day so there was a lot of stuff 
So and then um then I stretch it out with some yoga and then I come up and I have my breakfast. And you know, you said that that's working for you. What is it? What I mean, because I talk to a lot of people too who just start the day. So what is it? Why do you do that? Why do you do all that? I, well, one, I'm about 50 pounds heavier than I was when I joined the chamber. So that is a huge incentive for me to do all of this working out. Uh, two, we're going to Costa Rica again in March. Yay. So another incentive to work out. Um, and also, so Lovey used to drag me on the walks. He's like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And now it's good for both of us. It's good for the dogs. So, and knowing that it's kind of, it's not optional. We're going to walk the dogs really gets me started. And then I just, it just becomes the habit and the routine. Walk the dogs, go down into the basement. I also sit here to my left as a window and that's uh, my bird feeding station. And I sit in my little rocking chair nice. with my blankie and my tea and I watch the birds and, um, I turn NPR on so I can hear some news, but we try not to leave the news on too long because we want positive vibrations. And um, that's it. I think it just really energizes me and it gets me moving and hopefully I'll start seeing results from it. But then I'm like energized and then I can get ready and I can be on the machine working by 9.30 in the morning. So great on the laptop machine. <laughs> Yes, I knew. <laughs> Not the rowing machine. So what do you have um, any kind of mission or mantra or purpose or thing that kind of directs you through your life? So every year I want to do better. So this year, um, our little mantra is only say kind things. So, and uh, I, I have just, cause it's very easy to not say kind things. Um, yes. So that is one Lovey and I both, actually, I think everyone around me has adopted it. I think Todd's doing it too. And we're like, we're only, and when we don't, we're like, oh, that wasn't kind. Let me rephrase it so that I've turned it around to make it a kind thing. Nice. So that's kind of this year's mantra. What about, do you have a favorite quote or a quote that you like, or would it be that? Oh, no, no. So my favorite quote is Maya Angelou. And um, I think it's even on our website somewhere. So it's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I may not get it exact, but it's uh, people won't remember what you say and people won't remember what you do, but people will always remember how you made them feel. And I'm love paraphrasing, that. but I love that. Right. And that. And that one of your questions you'd sent me before, and you might be about to get to it, but I'm going to jump the gun. That's okay. Good. Is um, who was who is someone a role model or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mr. Rogers, oh. which may sound silly, but I no. love him. I love that you love him. And he is. I I follow his quotes on Facebook. I um, there was a thing that whenever I, I speak passionately and I kind of don't always filter and censor myself. Um, and I have learned through the years that usually if you can say it calmer and kinder, it has more effect. 
And there was this, and you can find it online, when um, Mr. Rogers went in front of the board, they were going to take PBS off the air. And everyone was fighting, like it was a big deal and they're all up in each other's faces and everything. And he went on in his very calm, kind Mr. Rogers way and just told a story about how children don't know how to deal with their anger and how this can show them what they can do. And he was, he was, he was just so kind about it. He was fighting for it, but he was doing it with so much empathy. And even for the, the board that I think the guy who was judging it was already ready to cry. And, and obviously he ended up getting the funding to do to keep PBS and Mr. Rogers on. But I'm like, every time I want to come back at someone, I'm like, how would Mr. Rogers do it? Because That's so good. And he would he would get his point across, but it would be so much kinder. I don't know. I think I'm saying the word kind a little too you much. You are here. illustrating what a grump I am. Because <laughs> I used to I be think so. I remember looking at Mr. Rogers when I was younger and I was like, he is so annoying. Why didn't he put his sweater on earlier? Why is he taking off his shoes now? Couldn't he have done that earlier? <laughs> like, I got well, you're so very practical. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I hated the whole shoe and sweater thing, <laughs> which so overtook. Funny. Yeah, but, you know, now I'm going to, I do, I have learned that he's, you know, more than just a shoe wearing, sweater wearing <laughs> person. <laughs> um, what about uh, books? So I know you're, you know, writers are usually readers. So are you reading anything now? And also, do you have kind of a favorite book, an impactful book? Okay. I'm always reading something. And I can't, now people, Todd mainly, buy me books. Like he hears on, um, what is it? Good morning, Sunday morning. Like whatever the book is on Sunday morning, he buys me. I'm like, stop it. Oh, that's not nice. keep up anymore. Yes. Um, so I usually have as when I travel, people are like, you're not gonna read all this. I have three books. I have a book that's like self-improvement in some way. I have a book that's business improvement in some way, and I have a book that, that's fiction. And I keep them in different bathrooms or different levels of my house. And it depends on what mood I'm in, what one I'm reading. So what am I reading right now? Oh, one right now is one my father-in-law gave me. It's, um, it's Michael Crichton, I believe. And it's about global warming. Okay. And it's, uh, it's fascinating because it's fiction, but right. he always writes things in a very creepily realistic way. So it's like yes. 2004's version of global warming. Yeah. And um, what's behind me? Oh, Atomic Habits. I'm working on that one right now. Hence the morning routine. Oh, and interesting. What else? I don't know what else I have going on right now. That, I'm, that's about it for right now. Okay. Is there a book that you recommend? Oh, and The Little Prince. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Is that your favorite book? That is my all-time yeah. favorite. I love that book, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a powerful book. I should reread that book, actually. Um, what about, you know, a favorite movie or Netflix series or... Ooh. 
So for my all-time favorite movie for um, wrapping Christmas presents, I watch it every oh. year, is one of my mom's very favorite movies, is An Affair to Remember. Oh. I love Cary Grant. Um, anytime the county is showing Cary Grant, I go and see Cary. I love, love, love Cary Grant. So really almost any Cary Grant movie, but an affair to remember. I don't know if I watched it with my mom when I was little or what, but it definitely triggers a nostalgia for me. Um, so that is one of my all-time favorites. Um, another one that uh, probably will sound really odd is Awakenings with Robin Williams. Oh, no, I understand that. Yeah. And I sobbed. Well, I love Robin Williams. Um, and I sobbed. My friend Amy Sue from high school and I went to see it. And when it ended, I had my head down on the seat sobbing. And of course, she was mortified because we're high schoolers and people were like, is she okay? And Amy's like, get up. And she's like, why are you crying? I'm like, but don't you understand? They could dance and now they can't. And now, you know, they know they can't dance. And it was like mind blowing for me and very upsetting. And I get that. I was like that with E.T. I went with my mother and I was sobbing just like that. And my mother kept trying to say, stop it. <laughs> she was so embarrassed. <laughs> and she was like, look at these children. Look at the children. Because I was a teenager. And she was like, the children are fine. Look, that's an eight-year-old. <laughs> because I was like sobbing, you know, the same thing. And I just loved E.T. <laughs> yes. You know? Um, I was what telling Lily last night, uh, she, I don't know, something came up. The workout guy was talking about Titanic. And I asked her if she had seen it. And she's like, no, I'm like, oh my God, Lily. Another one of my favorites. And I, another one where they had to literally carry me out of the theater sobbing. Literally, Lovey was literally carrying me. And he's going, I don't understand. Did you not know how it ended? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's really funny. Yeah. That the movie. old couple in the bed was yes. like, oh. So when Victor and I saw that, we saw that together. And I remember looking around going, when everybody saw Leo DiCaprio, they were like screaming and everything. And we realized that we were then old. I mean, I, we were in our 20s or something, I guess, when we saw right. it. But we realized, oh, we didn't even know that we were supposed to be thrilled by him and everything. And so I remember thinking all sorts of different things when I saw the Titanic. <laughs> Um, you know, but that's, but I mean, that's definitely, you know, there are these markers of huge movies and that was huge. Yeah. And maybe there is something about getting on this beautiful ship and, you know, uh, there's something about that gloriousness of life that can be then taken away. Yeah, and there's stupidity of lack of preparation. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is interesting, though, because you can kind of draw parallels between Awakenings and Titanic in that sense, you know, in that loss. Yes. You know? Yes. So you said you were going to Costa Rica. One of the things I was going to ask you is a favorite destination. Yes. Is that a favorite? Costa Rica. I love it. And I don't know if part of it was just the most fabulous time Lovey and I had for his 50th, because that was our first trip ever going with a group of friends. And we got an Airbnb and it was just the grown-ups and it was just friends, you know? 
Um, but I, I feel like that added to it, but part of it was just the, I love when it's warm enough for the sun to feel it on my skin and there's freaking monkeys. I wake up and the monkeys would run by every day. And then like cockatoos, macaws just flying around. Like it was paradise to me. Are you going to the same spot? We are going to near the same spot. Okay. Um, we're taking the kids this time. Nice. So, uh, so I, I hope it's going to be just as fun. But so we're still going to Manuel Antonio. Okay. Right. So same general area. So we didn't right. do waterfalls last time. We're going to do waterfalls this time. So. Yes. We went to Costa Rica and we did not do the waterfalls. So I definitely want to see your pictures <laughs> and live vicariously. Yeah. Um, what about your maybe dreams for the future? If you don't mind sharing your own dreams for the future, what would a perfect future look like? All right. Well, I mean, for me or for the world or for how deep first for you and then maybe the world <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like tell me about your your perfect future. And then I always like to end by asking, like, what do you wish for the world? You know, what do okay. you wish people would know or do or, you know, that kind of thing? So. My perfect future, well, Lovey and I are looking to um, start living once Lily goes to college. So Aiden will go next year, and then Lily is in her first year of high school. We're like, you know what? We love traveling. Um, we're getting a little antsy about the state of the United States. Um, so we're like, why don't we start living in a different place, different country, a new one every year? So keep our house because I love my house. And then like for a month, go live in another country and then see which country appeals to us the most. And then, I mean, it could be Europe. He wants me to check out New Zealand. I keep finding these adorable homes in Normandy, France. Like I said, but it has to be warm. And I have a feeling that's not going to be warm enough for me. So we're going to try. And that I think will be our future is us because both of us can work from almost anywhere. Um, and then kind of ideally for me, and I slightly broached it to him and I don't think he's completely against it is to then once we're not working these jobs, open up like a bed and breakfast wherever we move to. And that way we, because when you move somewhere they want you to help add to the economy. So we would bring in tourism and you know, so that is kind of my goal. Yeah. Beautiful. It sounds similar to Victor and my goal. <laughs> nice. Well, we were sitting. Maybe we'll be neighbors. Oh my gosh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we were we went to Curacao this summer and we found this little Colombian restaurant and they didn't have that many tables. And we were sitting on the deck. And, you know, Victor was like, you know, I could have a little restaurant and just it doesn't have to be the biggest restaurant and then he's like we could do it together and I'm like well I'll do your marketing he's like no I could teach you how to cook and I'm like no thank you <laughs> um and then yeah it's okay <laughs> I've gotten this far not learning um what do you wish everybody if you could just magically make somebody either the rest of the world do something or know something or be a certain way what would that be that's a big one. I know. <laughs> so let's, well, we'll focus, we'll, we'll go back around to the word kind and include that. 
And I think I read something this week where it was um, listening to other people's opinions while trying to remain curious about them. Don't be so fixed on your own opinion. Be curious about their thoughts and try to accept it and be kind. It was worded so much better when I read it. Oh, right. But it was that general idea. The world is very, I say the world, but maybe it's just the United States. I don't know. I'm not for sure. The things aren't great over Ukraine either. So maybe it's the world. Um, but if everybody is so sure they're right and everybody is close-minded and judgmental of everything that isn't what they think and feel right now, and I don't think we need to be. You, you can be a little right and they can be a little right. And somewhere in the middle is what would work for everyone. But people rarely seem to be able to find any middle ground anymore. And I guess that's what I would wish for people to change or to make the world better is just find common ground and find what will work well for everyone in the middle while being kind. So can I just ask one question? Why do you think it is that people listen like that? Do you know what that is? Why they listen without In other wanting words, to hear? Exactly, yeah. I think, I think there's a couple reasons, going back to the psychology. Um, people want to be heard. People love being able to voice their own opinions. And people want to be thought of as right. They want, they believe they're right. They want everyone else to think they're right. And they don't necessarily want to hear and they don't want to believe other people are right. And they don't, you know, so I think yeah. that's, that's definitely part of it is like an ego and they're thing, scared. Perhaps. A lot of it, a lot of it is fear. Mm -hmm. And if they don't understand something, then they're afraid of it. And if you're speaking in a way that they can't understand, then that scares them and then that makes them angry and it's a whole vicious circle. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and for sharing your thoughts and for being so open. I am so thankful. Well, thank you. I was so excited that you asked me to do it. And I hope I don't um, hate it when I go to watch myself <laughs> or hear myself. I'll only hear, right? You'll only hear, but I'm thinking about if it's okay with the people that I interview, putting these up on my little YouTube channel that I have too. So we'll talk you about should it. Definitely. You think I should do that? Yeah. You Especially since so many of them are. Yeah. Market. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor Roseanne Griffiths, the talented musician Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L. L-I-F-E at gmail.com.